Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode today. I'm sharing my conversation with Chrissy Kiniston, and I know that you're going to get so much out of today's episode. Chrissy is a military spouse, a mom of three, and the author of What If I Name Her Grace? She's also the founder of Copy with Chrissy, an online copywriting business she started in 2018. Chrissy's writing has been featured in various online publications such as Thrive Global and For Every Mom. She currently lives with her family in New Mexico, but moves frequently as most military families do. We really dig into what it looks like to find purpose as a military spouse and mom in every season of life. Figuring out how to make time for the things that tugged on her heart, the importance of community, mentorship, making the most of every opportunity, and perhaps most importantly, finding peace in the midst of the uncertainty and chaos of the military lifestyle. I know you're gonna love this episode, so let's dive into the show. Are you tired of putting your own dreams and plans on hold? Do you feel stuck waiting for some future season to chase your dreams? You, my friend, were made for more. More than the managing of schedules, keeping up with kiddos, and holding down the home front. Hi, I'm Christine, a military spouse of over 10 years, mom of littles, and coffee connoisseur. I'm here to help you navigate life as a military spouse, get unstuck, and craft a life with purpose. You have something valuable to offer, and when you pursue the things that light your heart on fire, you trade frustration for fulfillment and isolation for a life of impact. It's time to discover who you are meant to be because together we can change the world. Before we get started with today's conversation, I want to remind you that the 30-Day Clarity Challenge is currently going on in the Mill Spouse Mastermind Facebook community. If you have not already headed over there and joined the group, please do so now. You can find it in the show notes below this episode or on our website at millspousemastermind.com slash community. This 30-day challenge is going to give you a prompt every day to help you start talking about it, thinking about it, journaling about it, sharing with others, and figuring out what it is that really lights you on fire and how you can incorporate more of that in your everyday life and start living a life of purpose, of joy, of impact today. I will see you over there in the Facebook group. Until then, let's dig into my conversation with Chrissy Kiniston. Today, I am so excited to introduce to you Chrissy Kiniston. Chrissy is a military spouse, a mom of three, a business owner, and now an author. And she has a lot of good information that she's going to bring to us today. So welcome, Chrissy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'd love to start out today by just hearing a little bit about your background, your story, and what you do today. Sure, yeah. So um, I have a mass media degree from Florida State University, and that is where I met my husband. So I was 19 and he was 24 when we met, and he was fresh out of the Navy. (laughs) He had done six years in the Navy and had decided to get out. And we met and we started dating. And about three years into our relationship, he said, I'm 
can't do the civilian life. I'm going back into the military and I'm going to be in the Air Force this time. And he joined the Air Force ROTC. And at that point, you know, I had never envisioned myself as a military spouse. I did not have family in the military. And, you know, but at that point we knew we were going to get married. We'd been together three years. And so it was like, okay, I'm coming along for the ride. (laughs) And so I, right out of college, because I finished before he did, um, I got a TV news job. So I was a television news producer. And I got it in the same town where I'd gone to college. So I was, you know, blessed to be able to stay there and work in my career while he finished school. And then he got his first assignment that took us to middle of nowhere, New Mexico. There was no TV station. (laughs) And I, my career was kind of done at that point. But I, I remember feeling peace about that. You know, I had done it for about four or five years and it was a really high paced long hours, really fun job for your early 20s because you don't really have a lot of responsibilities. And so working all the time like that wasn't that big of a deal. But once we got married, we were ready to start having kids and I knew that it wasn't a good fit anymore anyway. So we had our first baby in New Mexico and she's eight years old now. And then we moved to Guam after that. And I had two babies in Guam. So I had three kids in five years (laughs) and they are four, six and eight now. So I did the stay-at-home mom thing, you know, all through the baby and toddler years. We moved again to Virginia, and then we moved to Florida. Now we're back in New Mexico. So it's been five moves in 10 years, a lot of moving. And around the time that my youngest was two, I started feeling like I could breathe again. I didn't have any babies anymore. There were no more pregnancies. We were, you know, our family was complete. And I felt like I, the season of stay-at-home mom was over and it, I was being called to do more. Um, but I didn't want to leave the home. I wanted to work at home. And so I actually had a friend who was a virtual assistant and she was working from home. And I thought, well, I could do that. That sounds like fun. And it sounds flexible, which is exactly what I wanted to still be home with my kids and work around my husband's crazy schedule and all of that. And so I looked into it and I did it maybe for about a month or two. And I realized that the whole admin thing is not my skill set. <laughs> that I'm a writer. I've always been a writer. I've kept journals since I was a kid. I just, I love writing, but I've never done anything with it really. And so I had a mentor bring up the idea of copywriting. Um, which is just really marketing. You know, it's writing words that sell. Um, And and so I jumped into that world and doing copywriting for online businesses. So email marketing, websites, Facebook ads, that kind of thing. And I started my freelance copywriting business um, at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. And just, it's just soared. It's been such a great journey to be able to write, get paid to write. I mean, that's like a dream come true (laughs) and make my own hours, work as much or as little as I want to take vacations that, you know, line up with my husband's schedule because that's the hard one, you know, to pin down. I'm there for my kids when they get home from school. It's just been really awesome. And I've met some incredible people and okay. So I kind of got ahead of myself, but right before I started that business, I wrote a book and that was kind of the catalyst to starting the business where I realized if I could write this book during nap times and after they went to bed and things like that, then that meant that I could work, that I could fit it into our family life without taking too much time away. 
And so I, I signed up for what's called National Novel Writing Month, which is every November. And the challenge is to write your whole book, 50,000 words in the month of November, between the 1st and the 30th. Wow. And I actually did it. I just like, I sat down and I was like, you know what? This is my goal. I'm going to make it happen. And I'm just one of those people who, if I set a goal, like come hell or high water, it's going to happen. (laughs) And so I did it. And I mean, by the grace of God, I finished this book and, you know, it's really a a faith-based God-centered message. And, but, you know, showing that I could keep that discipline and get that done is what showed me that I could start this business and really let the business grow. And even, you know, through the pandemic and everything, it's because it's all online. It's just been such a blessing to be able to keep working. And we moved, you know, from Florida to New Mexico during this time. And I just took the job right along with me and I took a week off for our move and then jumped right back in like nothing had changed. And so, yeah, that has been my journey over the last 10 years. Well, that's so exciting to hear. And I think there's so many elements of your story that I can't wait to unpack with you. Let's go back to when you decided to step back from your career because moving with the military, um, I know you said you felt some peace with that. Did, Did you feel content for a while or was there a point in there where you started feeling like something was still missing that you wanted something for yourself? Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I was leaving you know, my job and all my friends and moving with my husband, I did get a lot of judgment about that. Like, you know, you're giving up your career and following a man and, you know, that's not what women do now. Right. And I remember thinking, yeah, I am. Like, it doesn't feel wrong to me at all. I love him. And I'm just like, I was so excited for the adventure. But then yes, once we got there and we were in this tiny town, New Mexico, I did feel kind of lost and I, it was an, about a year and a half before we had our first child. And so I had that year and a half of trying to figure out what to do. And I worked at a couple of different places. Just, you know, I felt like I needed a job. I needed to keep busy. And so I, you know, I wasn't happy anywhere that I worked there. And it was, yeah, I did feel like I was floundering for a little bit. And then once I got pregnant and was having that first baby, it was all about her. And that was just so exciting. And then from that moment on, I definitely felt like, you know, this is my purpose in this season right now is to just be mom. And I loved that season. I mean, it was definitely (laughs) challenging. When you have three littles. Yeah, babies. There are definitely still challenging days. (laughs) Exactly. All that comes with that season. (laughs) So talk a little bit about that season for you. Was your husband around or were you having a lot of time you know, solo parenting, what were some of the most challenging aspects of that season? And what were your some of your favorite moments of that season? Yeah, we so my oldest was 18 months when we moved to Guam. And the entire time that we were in Guam, he, um, he was gone a lot. He had a lot of TDYs, the short, you know, where he was gone two or three weeks. Um, and then he deployed, it was his first deployment when my son was four months old. So I had a two-year-old and a four-month-old, and we got about a 10-day notice, which you usually get about a six-month notice. So that that was probably the hardest time of my whole military journey so far, was him leaving on such short notice. We hadn't been in Guam very long, so I didn't have a support system really yet, and he was gone. And I had a baby and a toddler, and I didn't know how to do two kids. And my son, 
who was four months old, bless his heart. He's the best sleeper now, but as a baby, he woke up every two hours till he was 18 months old. I mean, I didn't sleep for a year and a half and, and then my daughter's too. So, you know, I mean, a two-year-old is difficult too, and we're potty training and it, you know, it was a very challenging time. And that was probably one of my darkest times. I was dealing with some postpartum anxiety, which I didn't know that's what it was. I hadn't even heard of that at that time. And that was when I really started drawing closer to God. And when he was just really taught me to rely on him for strength, because I had none. And I was constantly feeling like a failure and full of that mom guilt of I'm messing it up every day. Why can't I get this baby to sleep? Why am I always yelling at my two-year-old? You know, we're, we were in survival mode. Like there was nothing, there was no joy during that time really at all. And I would, I remember just like desperately crying out to God, like, help me. I don't know what to do. And I ended up really, that was the first time in my life that I started Um, reading my Bible regularly and doing devotionals and really just learning about God when I had, I'd never really done that before. And I started to feel that relationship grow where I felt like I could talk to him, like I was talking to a friend and I could feel peace about being in the season that I was meant to be in, even if it was hard that he was going to get me through it. And he did. And, you know, we had our third child three months before we left Guam. And that was just such a fun, sweet time because by that point I did have a support system and I had a lot of friends and we had this new baby and my husband was home because we were getting ready to move. So they don't really send them out too much when you're getting ready to move. And so those last few months in Guam were just so sweet of being with friends and having the baby and the two-year-old and the four-year-old. And it was just chaos, you know, but it was, it was such a good time because when you can create that community and feel like you have that family outside of your real family, that just makes all the difference, especially when you're living somewhere as far away as Guam. And that's one of the things I loved about connecting with you because since we are in Guam right now, like I understand because I see it all the time. It's an absolutely gorgeous island and there's so many great opportunities, but you are so far from family and if you don't make those connections, I see people just really feeling lonely and isolated and and really needing that connection, especially in that season of young motherhood. My girls are uh, two, four, and six now. So I I know (laughs) what you're talking about. And I say all the time, like, this is so much easier than it even was two years ago with like a newborn and a two and a four-year-old. Just the ability for them to be able to do some things on their own. I know you mentioned you started volunteering at your church during that time. Can you kind of talk about how you got involved with that and and just a way to give back even in that season? Yes, that was such an incredible opportunity. So um, the church that I went to, they participated in something called Orphan Sunday, which is like a worldwide movement. It's, I think, the second Sunday in November where they really highlight the call for Christians to help the fatherless. And so in this day and age, that's really foster children. That's who, you know, they need our help and God calls us to help them and their families need our help. Because what I learned that Sunday is that not all of us are called to take the children into our homes. Some people are, but if you aren't, you can still help the families in a way that makes it easier for them to bring in the kids and to be able to help these kids and love these kids. And there was, you know, I had never even 
foster families and foster children were not on my radar at all before that Sunday. And I heard that message and it was like, it was for me. Like I felt like the pastor was talking to me and it was just for me. And I knew in that moment, like it didn't matter how crazy things were at home. I told my husband, I said, I have to start volunteering. Like we have to figure out how I can do this. And so I found a babysitter and who would take the kids two mornings a week for, you know, like a nine to 12. It wasn't a huge time commitment. And I started volunteering with Harvest House which is a nonprofit on Guam connected with the church who helps foster families. And it just, it gives them all the things they need, like diapers, baby clothes, toys, strollers, you know, you get a child, but you don't get a bunch of money to buy all that stuff right away, you know, and you need that help. And we held events for the foster families to come and just have fun and forget about all the hard things they were going through for a little while. And it just, it meant the world to me to be able to give back in that way and to, You know, I think it was because I had had my own children at that point that hearing the stories of what these foster children were going through and what they'd experienced, it just, you can't listen to those stories without it breaking your heart. And I knew that we weren't called to bring in children at the time. And so it was like, this is something that I have to do to give back. And then when we moved to Florida, I I felt that same calling and I ended up meeting a couple of other women and we started a nonprofit in the Florida panhandle called the Gulf Coast Foster Bridge that does the same thing that Harvest House does, helping the foster families in the panhandle. And that was just an awesome thing to be a part of and help those families. It was really cool. And so were you, once you got to Florida and you started that, did you get it started and step back or what was that process like? So I, we had two years in Florida. So during those two years, I was very involved in the whole process. I was actually the president of the board for a little while. And then we got the surprise orders to move to New Mexico. We thought we were going to be in Florida for four years. And so I did, I've, I'm still technically on the board today, um, but because I'm so far away, I just, I help out every once in a while with social media or things that I have experience in with my copywriting that they might need. But that's about the level of my involvement now. Okay, so let's dig into at what point did you figure out you had a book on your heart um, that you wanted to get written? Yes. So, you know, I the National Novel Writing Month that I mentioned, I had wanted to do that for years. Um, I had seen a friend do it probably around the time that I started having kids. And I thought, I can do that. I want to write a book. How cool would that be? You know, but becoming a published author to me had always seemed like becoming a rock star. Like so few people, you know, can actually reach that that status is how it had seemed. And I just knew I couldn't, I didn't have the ability to sit down and write the book when I had babies. And so it was like this dream that one day I'll do it. And then in 2018, it came around again and it popped up on a, Facebook feed or something that the challenge was happening. And I was like, okay, I can do it this time, but what am I going to write about? (laughs) You know? And so, and I knew I didn't have a fiction book in me. Like that's just not my forte. And so I just started thinking about it and I was like, you know, and I was praying about it and trying to figure out like, I want to make this worth the time that I'm going to spend on it, time away from my family. And I realized that my story of growing closer to God through that incredibly hard season of three babies in five years, moving around the world, husband leaving, all of that. 
Um, I, you know, my husband and I even had a rocky start to our marriage and God completely saved us. And it was all just such a transformational thing for me that completely changed me as a person for the better, like a thousand times for the better that I felt like if this, you know, this helped me so much, I felt like it was my calling to help other moms and other women, maybe not even necessarily moms, but, you know, women that are in that place of maybe a struggling marriage, you know, a hard time with friendships, dealing with anxiety, any, you know, all of those things that God can pull us out of. But I think what happens, especially in this day and age when we're so busy, is that we're going through all these things and God's just on the back burner. You know, like we forget to go to him. We forget that that's the best thing to do. We say, well, I guess all I can do is pray. And it's like, no, that's the best thing you can do. And so I wanted to just convey that it's doable, that there are practical ways to draw closer to God in any season of life and that it doesn't have to be, you know, two hours in your Bible at 5 a.m. if that doesn't fit the season that you're in, you know, and it doesn't have to be church every time the doors are open if that doesn't fit the season that you're in. You know, we go through these seasons and God knows that it says that in the Bible that there's a time for everything. And so I wanted to just talk through these different things, marriage, motherhood, friendships, all the things, you know, in show how scripture guides us through it and how we can turn to God when we're struggling in all of those areas and just make it really relatable and feel like an easy thing to do, even in a busy season of life. What I love about this is that it combined this dream that on your heart just to write this book, but then it ultimately came down to just sharing your story and how your story could impact so many other people. And I love how God sometimes just plants these dreams on our heart. And then it's fun to see how they come to fruition. So talk a little bit about just that process of actually sitting down and writing the book. Um, You said you did this challenge, you did it in a month. What, what was that like? So that was a very cool experience. So I I describe it as my own personal manna from heaven experience because I knew how I wanted to start the book, you know, with my marriage being in a tough place and how God brought us out of that. But then after that, I didn't know what I was going to write about really. And so I literally would wake up each morning, have the idea for a chapter, write it that day and go to bed not knowing what I was going to write about the next day. And then I'd wake up and I'd have the idea. And it was literally one day at a time. And I just had to trust God that he was going to give me the chapter the next day. And then I actually didn't get to the 50,000 word goal of the challenge. And that was another moment where I had to trust God that it was like 45,000 words I hit. And he was telling me it was done. Like that was it. Don't keep writing just to hit this number. That's not what this is about. And so the way the book is structured is each chapter can stand alone. So like a busy mom or busy woman can read it one chapter at a time without, you know, feeling like they're getting lost. But it's also a six year story that flows throughout. So, yeah, the goal is to make it easy to read, but still be a continuous story. And it was, yeah, just a very cool experience to write it that way and just trust that I was going to know what to write the next day until it was done. So once you finish the story. Did you have a plan for how you were going to publish the book or did it, it just kind of sit there? What, what were your next steps? 
<laughs> it totally sat there. <laughs> I had no idea what to do with that. And like I said, I I realized after I wrote that book that I had time to work from home and I could start my business. And so I dove into that literally the next month. And that became my world for the next year and a half where I was just building my business and learning everything I could about copywriting and trying to get clients and all of that. And then God helped me make these incredible connections that ended up getting me the book deal. So I joined a business coaching program and really connected with the coach. And then she ended up saying that she had a connection with a publishing house in New York City. And she offered to submit my book, book proposal to them. And they accepted it and gave me the book deal. And I mean, I'll never forget that day because it, it still feels like a dream. I just even sending off the book proposal, I thought, okay, that's a cool rite of passage that I got to do that, but I can't imagine it's going to go any further than this. And when I got the yes, it was just, that was in spring of last year that I got the yes. And then it's just been a process up until now and it's being released and been so cool. And what does that feel like now? I, it still feels like a dream. I truly still feel like I'm pinching myself sometimes going, is this real? Like, am I actually a published author. I mean, when I first saw it on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com, that was the coolest thing just to see it there with my name on it. And then people started leaving reviews and they've been all good so far. I know there's got to be a bad one coming because I think that's another rite of passage. <laughs> you can't please everybody. But I, and I cannot wait to see it on the store shelves at the end of June. That's just going to be the coolest thing. <laughs> so let's take a step back for a minute and and kind of talk about you were wanting at that point feeling like okay it's time to move into a new season can you talk a little bit about what gave you that indication that hey my time is just focusing on my kids and being with them that's coming to an end and how you started that process of okay, I want to work from home what are some options for me to do yeah, I, you know, it was kind of just a conversation that came up one day between my husband and I. We had always talked about me going back to work when all the kids were in school had been the plan. And I kind of just was itching to do something before that. I mean, I always knew I wanted to work and I had always I had worked since I was a teenager and it it was fun to be mom, but once they weren't such needy babies, I was starting to feel like I have a lot of free time now, you know, and wouldn't it be great to contribute to the family's finances? And, you know, I kind of felt like the world is my oyster. Like, what am I going to do? I can pick what I want to do, which is a very, you know, blessed place to be that I was able to do that. And then, you know, the more we talked about like getting a job and doing daycare and it was like, well, you're just going to end up making enough to pay for daycare probably. So why, you know, what's the point of that when you can be with your kids. And that's when I um, had started talking to a friend who was the virtual assistant. And she described her life of working at home and being there with her kids and making her own hours. And I felt like, yes, that sounds amazing. And so I really, I didn't really look into much more. I just thought I'm just going to explore that path. And I think I found like a $97 course to get started down the VA path. And 
it, yeah, like I said, it was fun at first. And then I realized the admin thing was not <laughs> my forte, not something I really enjoyed doing. And so that's when I went down the the copywriting path. And I had a, you know, my first client, bless her, she just took a chance on me when I didn't really have any proof that I knew what I was doing. And I was Googling and YouTubing everything, you know, and I, I pulled it off and she was, you know, I, I have a writing skill, but copywriting is a very specific type of writing. And so I did have to learn that, you know, the persuasive sales writing, And, you know, she was pleased with what I turned in and she started referring me to other people. And it just, you know, my business has been like 90% referrals. And so it grew from there. And then about nine months into the business is when I got my first business coach. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take this thing really seriously. And that's when I really started to grow. And I really made the connections to get, you know, top tier clients. And my business really took off. So do you think it was the book or something else that, you know, we have these pivot moments where we try something and we're like, okay, that's not quite it. Maybe let me try this instead. And so do you think it was writing the book that made you go down that copywriting path? Or was it a conversation with somebody? What helps you make that pivot? Yeah, I think it was the conversation that I had with my mentor, where I was talking to her about not really loving the admin thing. And I was, you know, saying the whole reason I started this was to do something that lit me up that I was choosing to do. So I feel like I'm choosing something that's not lighting me up. (laughs) And if I'm going to take hours away from my family, I want it to be something I enjoy. And she just started asking me like, well, what what are you passionate about? What do you like to do? And as soon as I said writing, she was like, oh gosh, copywriting can be a really lucrative career. And that sounds like a great path. And I just, so I just started researching it and I thought, oh yeah, that's absolutely something I can do. I mean, when I worked in the TV news business, I wrote a lot of things that had to do with like selling the audience on not changing the channel, right? You know, all those things before the break where you say, coming up next, we're going to have a squirrel skiing on, what you know, <laughs> things that make people want to watch. And so I felt like, yeah, that'll be a natural fit. And writing the book, I think, is what showed me I could do the business. I mean, that really just being able to get that done and still be mom and not feel like I was really taking a lot of time away from my family that's what helped me see, okay, you can do this business. So it all just kind of flowed until I found my calling in the copywriting world. So you mentioned talking with a mentor. Was that somebody you were meeting with? How did you develop that relationship? I I say that that was a total God thing too, because I got into the local Facebook moms group where we lived in Florida. It was like moms of Navarre. And I said, hey, is anyone here a virtual assistant? I'd love to chat with you because it was still so new to me. And I just wanted to pick the brain of someone that lived nearby. And she responded and she actually lived two streets over from me in my neighborhood and said, yeah, I used to be a VA and she had become an online business manager by that point. But she said, I'd love to chat with you. And we just I think we talked over an hour on that first talk and connected and she just really, I mean, I owe so much of that first year to her because she helped me. I knew nothing about websites or, you know, all the different apps that we use to keep track of everything and how to send an invoice and have a contract. And I knew nothing about any of that. And so she walked me through all of that just out of the kindness of her heart at the beginning. And she made me that first connection with that first client who took a chance on me too. So I owe so much to her for the start of my business. That's amazing. So did you just start 
working for that client or did you take any additional courses or anything to help you with the specific copywriting skill? Yeah, so I I worked with her for about six months and that's when I was really just Googling everything. And I feel like I kind of just got lucky for a little while there. But I did reach a point where I knew that I needed some formal copywriting training. And so I joined that business coaching program because the coach had been a copywriter and then she became a business coach. And so she was able to walk me through a lot of it. And then for all of 2020, I did a year-long copywriting academy program. So that really just dialed everything in and helped me get certified in a lot of different copies so that I have those you know, credentials to show that I know what I'm doing. And it, I learned so much. It was, And I made great connections too. I mean, every online course or program I've done, I've made connections that have helped my business grow. So those are so worth it. So what do you think are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself or finding your purpose, your journey along the way? For me, it has all been about trusting God because there have been so many times, whether it was when I, you know, before I was a mom and our first move or when I was a mom and having such a hard time with all the littles so close together. And then even starting my business, every moment has just been about trusting that he, he's got me, that he's going to be there to protect me and guide me through each season. And just trusting that I'm, you know, that I'm hearing him right about what I'm supposed to do, you know, writing the book and sharing some really personal stories from my family and my marriage and things that I knew would help people, but they were personal, you know, and so to, to trust that I was supposed to do that and to trust that I was supposed to start this business that was going to inevitably take some time away from my family. You know, if you want to grow a business, you've got to put in the time and yeah, just really trying to stay tuned into him so that I knew that I was taking the right steps and trusting that if I couldn't see the next step, that that was okay because he was going to show it to me eventually. And I think that's so key for the military life, especially because you never know what's next. You never know where you're going to move or when your husband's going to be gone or when he's going to come back. And so having that trust in that peace that came from it, just made all the difference. And that's why I wrote the book because I wanted to help other people see that, that having that peace makes everything so much more doable. And, and learning to trust him came through just being really disciplined in spending time in the Bible every day. And some days that was an hour and some days that was five minutes, but it was something. I made sure it was something every day. And then it was making sure I had a good group of Christian friends who could encourage me and I could encourage them who actually were praying for you and they said they were praying for you, who could give you great advice when you needed it, you know, that was biblically sound advice. Always being in a good church everywhere we move, that's the first thing we do is find that church community. And so through all of those things, I have developed a real relationship with God that feels like he's someone I can talk to, who I feel like I hear back from, and that, yeah, that's just given me so much peace and all the uncertainty that comes with this lifestyle. So as we close out today, is there any one piece of advice you would love to give a young military spouse? Yeah, I think it really is just give Jesus a chance, you know, and if you if you haven't 
ever, you know, invited Jesus into your life, that that's what will bring you all those things I was just talking about. You know, that peace that comes with being okay with the uncertainty that your, you know, next 10, 20 years is going to have because there's so much uncertainty. And so, and if you have known Jesus and maybe you have pushed him to the back burner because life is so busy and chaotic, that's what I did, you know, come back to him and really just be intentional about letting him be the Lord of your life because that changes everything and it will start to change you as a person and you'll become a kinder, gentler person who extends grace to people, which makes you a better wife, a better mother, a better friend. And then really finding that community everywhere you go. Like don't, it was, I made the mistake at the first couple of bases of letting that first year go by everywhere we moved where I was just too scared to get out there and meet people. And I just kept saying, well, let me get settled in first. And I learned that lesson the hard way where when I finally did meet amazing people that were that strong community I needed, we were leaving, (laughs) you know, it was such a short time. So the last few bases, I've been so intentional about getting out there right away. Even though for I'm an introvert, I'm a you know, my homebody, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I saw what a difference it makes in my life and in my husband's life too when we have that community. So now we try to get out there as soon as possible and start meeting people. And that makes such a difference. It, it really does. Okay, so as we wrap up, talk a little bit about your book is coming out this summer, right? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what that's going to look like and then tell everybody where they can find you. Yes. So my book is called What If I Name Her Grace? And right now the ebook is available and the paperback is available for pre-order. And that's on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. And then starting June 29th, you will be able to see it wherever books are sold, which is going to be so exciting. (laughs) And you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Chrissy Keniston. And on my website is chrissykinniston.com. I have a blog there as well. Um, and then I have a page, chrissykinniston.author on Facebook. So I would love to connect with you. I hang out on Instagram a lot. So send me a DM. Let me know you heard this and we can chat. Well, I'm so excited that we got to connect and that everyone is going to get to hear this story. I'm excited for you and I can't wait to see your book in stores. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It was such a fun conversation. Y'all, I hope you loved that conversation with Chrissy as much as I did. I will have all of those links in the show notes along with a link to where you can get her book, What If I Name Her Grace. Go check it out. Get a copy. Help support a fellow military spouse and have a wonderful week. Until next time, may you live filled, fueled, and full of joy. Hey friend, before you go, the Mill Spouse Mastermind community is here to help you thrive as a military spouse. Figure out what lights your heart on fire and equip you to create a life of impact. You can have an incredible impact simply by heading over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. And if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others too. Spread the word by taking a screenshot of this episode and share it to your stories so we can continue to reach more people, change more lives, and shift the way that military spouses look at life. Because we are better together, and together we can change the world. Let's do it.